The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarez, here with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Well, we have a new tradition here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and that is our jar, our pun jar, uh, that has become a pun jar. Oh, we have a jar. We officially have a jar, okay? So anytime this is, uh, the, the following is mentioned, we get to fill this jar up. And uh, we're going to see how full it gets throughout the rest of the season. So, but, but there are rules. All right, what's because, the rules? Because you're drawn bland. Anything but bland. That is not one quarter. That's two quarters. All right, two quarters. All right. Okay, for Aisha. I'm willing to give that up. Aisha, not, not puns, but I, I think they're hilarious, but... Can I say barnacles? Or tater tots. Well, you, you can. It's just going to cost you 25 cents. Uh, you can. You just have to contribute to our pun jar. I can't even say tracking. No. Oh, no, tracking. we like tracking. No, we'll, we'll tracking decide. barnacles, tater tots. We're, we're going to let Jazz, we're going to let Jasmine, the producer, and yeah. let Chris Bean be the final arbiters. Now, I brought <laughs> one stack of quarters, and because I spilled Dr. Pepper on the... In the quarter. Yeah, the that, that one goes in first. But There's Dr. Rules, Dr. Pepper is the official soda of the... Dallas Cowboys, Ooh, so I think for that mention, I should get it back. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's not fair because you're so in charge that's the of that. That's cheating. We'll let we'll let uh, Jazzy and Chris be the final arbiters. But okay, All I did right. spill the Dr. Pepper. So. There you go, back in the jar. So and, and anytime and, Christy takes a swig of her Dr. Pepper and sits back, that's another one. Well, I'd have to lick it off the desk today well, since yeah, I spilled it. Today. So, but anyway. normally, and then when Aisha says tater tots, barnacles, or tracking, that's more no, well, for me. She, she, my she list. She can say tracking. Oh, tracking's fine. I'm gonna be broke. Tracking. No, I want to add tracking because I have, like, 20 rules. This is not fair. This is so lopsided. I can't say puns. Mm. I can't say drawn bland is anything but bland, especially. That one's worth two quarters. I can't talk about Taylor Swift. Guys, you're killing me. No, this is this is good. You can say anything you want. You just have to contribute to the fun. So we will, we will take a vote or we'll let people send in comments. So I'm whether we broke. use this whether we use this for a girls talk, boys talk Christmas party or maybe donate it to charity. We'll so by the end it. of the season, yep. hopefully we get go a pretty a good, good amount. It'll go to a good cause. Because I'm be broke uh, by the end of the season for all of those rules. All right, so new rules. If you guys hear or see any of that, leave it in the comments. Tweet us, uh, send us texts, and let us know that we get a quarter in our jar. All right. <laughs> let's start with what we saw in uh, Wednesday's practice. The official practice report did come out, so let's go over that. Uh, you had your center, Tyler Biotish, hamstring injury, did not participate. Guard, Zach Martin, ankle injury, did not participate. Tackle, Tyron Smith, knee injury, did not participate. Two others didn't participate, but this was because of a rest day uh, for them. So that was Demarcus Lawrence and then CeeDee Lamb. And then last but certainly not least, Chumay Doga was limited with the elbow injury. I did catch up with Chuma today. Um, I, I like to go talk to him in the locker room every time we're in there. And I said, how are you feeling? And he said, you know, I'm feeling good. 
he just said that he can feel. He can feel the workload that he had this week. And he said, it's expected, but I'm good. So, uh, again, limited there if they need Chuma. We'll see how the week goes. And that's kind of what we got from McCarthy today was nothing is set in stone for any of these guys yet. Uh, I, I think CD and DeMarcus are out of that question. I, I think that's just more precautionary. Um, like we start, we talked about yesterday with Tony Pollard, certainly the case with these two uh, as well. But nothing is set in stone for who's going to be available on Sunday as far as the offensive line goes. And uh, once we know, so will you guys. We will we'll let you know as soon as we do. But Christy... Let's go to you here first. Uh, we heard from Mike McCarthy this morning, and he said something specifically that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. He said that, uh, you know, as they evaluated what happened in the loss at Arizona and moving ahead, that there were three bl- blinking lights. And it's something that we've been talking about on the podcast all week and certainly here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. And the three b- blinking lights, the first one is the penalties, way too many shooting themselves in the foot yeah especially those pre-snap penalties uh red zone inefficiency so they you know they're they're evaluating that because they know that that has been um a big issue and then the run defense so it's no secret that there were too many uh missed fits and there um he didn't mention big play specifically like in the past game, but they know that uh, the Patriots would love to be able to to run the ball with Ramondre and with uh, Zeke on Sunday. So the three big issues that they're looking to fix this week, penalties, red zone offense, and run defense. Yeah, and they all kind of go hand-in-hand hand a bit. I mean, when sure. you talk about the penalties, especially specifically, one of the biggest things is that they're getting, uh, Shadi mentioned it, they're getting in third and long situations and third and goal situations from, like, the 15 because of the penalty. So, um, yeah, at least, listen, I mean, it's at least they know what what are the issues. They're identifying them. There's are things that they're trying to work, you know. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see, like we said yesterday, like they said that they see it. And if you can acknowledge a problem, that that means you can fix it. Yeah, so I'm glad that they're they're working to yeah. fix it. Yeah, and what on it. what Micah said today, I thought was was yeah. great. Oh, he yes. he met with the media this afternoon. Yeah, Micah was incredible. I, I we were just talking about this. Every time Micah talks, you're like, that's a fantastic quote. And then two seconds later, you're like, that's another fantastic quote. He's full of good quotes, but he talked about not taking an L twice. So what does that mean? That means you already lost once. So they already lost to the Cardinals. We all know that. Uh, but losing again would mean not executing and not fixing the problem and correcting it, learning and growing from it. He said they want to be a championship team. They can't just walk the walk. They have to talk the talk. They have to do all the things uh, together to execute. At the end of the day, what I got out of hearing Micah talk today was they're ready to get back on the field mm-hmm. and prove that they are not who they showed on Sunday's game. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. something that I like, I guess I, I mean, we've talked about just the depth on this defensive line and just how much of a luxury it is and just how many guys they can, they have that can rush the passer and the waves and everything. And something that is a big part of coaching, I'm sure that with with guys that are that talented, like some of the Cowboys' second string defensive linemen could be starters different oh. places, right? So one part of that is to, you know, to, for guys to be on the same page, you know, because I, I guess you don't think about the fact like, okay, they have so many guys that can get out there and be successful. That can rush the passer. That can, you know, accumulate sacks. How do you, as a coach, it has to be not difficult, but you it, you have to work to keep them leveled, leveled and on the same page because you got guys that want to be out there. You know, they want to be out there. There's a lot of eagerness that I uh, felt like, 
we saw this past week to make the play to do that. And I, I think it's kind of important that the coaches are kind of honing these guys back in and letting them know, like, hey, you're playing for your brother. You're, you're, you know, you have to play within the system, despite the fact that you, know, you got a lot of talented guys out there. I think that's a big part of yeah. the coaching aspect, too, and, I'm sure. Yeah, and even within the leadership of the players themselves, a, a big buzzword this week in the locker room, uh, particularly among the defensive players, is accountability. And the fact that yeah. they're, they're accountable. They're, there we go. Jesus. There's one Woo! for Aisha. So we're, we're at 50 today. cents already, just so three minutes in. It's not and, because of me. I'd like but, to throw that out there. But it's the accountability. <laughs> it's the accountability to each other. And thank you, Jess <laughs> and Chris. So Excellent. Good. And so. I love it. <laughs> um, but it's being able to talk to each other, hold each other accountable. Mm -hmm. And there there are some teams and there have been some superstar players. And I can say it's it's happened here, you know, years ago, where there's some superstar players who maybe didn't like being spoken to um, by their teammates. And, when you know, but that yeah. that's not the way it is now. And so, um, you know, everyone – is working towards the same goal, right? We're all, everyone's in the same boat yeah. and rowing the same direction. And so that isn't always the case when you when you have some of the uh, standout players like we have now with Cowboys. Absolutely. And we uh, got to talk to a few guys today in the locker room. And I don't know about you ladies, but I, I did notice when we were in there, the guys are they're very focused. They're very honed in. I wouldn't describe it as being mad. And, and I think that's a big misconception when it comes to locker room, you know, after a loss, especially, you know, when you're in the Wednesday and, and Thursday part of it. Sure, after a game, different story. But I'm saying in the part of the week, they're focused and they have right. turned the page. And so if anything yeah, yeah. that I got out of talking to any of the guys that I talked to today, they're like, yep, it happened. Yeah, that's that's what happened, and now we're here, and here's how we fix it, and here's what we learned. And they're very quick to tell you what they learned. They're not trying to hold back that they needed to learn. And I think that lack of ego in that locker room is just so apparent because it's not there. They're not too big to learn. They're still students of the game, and every single person I talked to today said, from different position groups even, said what they needed to work on, what accountability they took for the loss in their own way in – it was just kind of incredible to talk to all these guys. And the first thing that they did was, I did this wrong. Nobody that I talked to today pointed fingers at anybody other than themselves. And then I kept asking a little bit more uh, about it in depth. And, and I'll get into some of the notes in a little while. But overall, I think the feel was just a perfect word for it, Christy. Accountable. They're all yeah. taking accountability. Yeah, this is a great game. If you want to, you know, kind of show what you're capable of and being fundamentally sound and Bill Belichick's going to bring that out of you. He's going to, like, if whoever you're playing against, he's going to require you to be on your P's and Q's because he, <laughs> he'll he pick and choose. He'll point out your weaknesses. We talked about it. But as far as the fundamentals, yeah, this is that's going to be a, important during this game to be sound it, to me because he, he, he very quickly will notice your, your deficiencies and take advantage of them. So, yes, I, I think this is a perfect game that if they want to turn the tide – um, and get back on track as far as just being fundamentally sound, this is the game to do it. And that's why I'm so excited about this game. Uh, yes, the, the Cowboys did did uh, play them a couple of years ago, but generally you only get to play AFC opponents once every four years. And so before a couple of years ago, you know, it was every four years you get to put, uh, 
play Bill Belichick, and the Cowboys hadn't beaten him until that uh, overtime pass mm-hmm. from Dak to CD up in Foxborough a couple years ago. But uh, to Aisha's point and to what Brian Schottenheimer, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, said on Monday, that when you play a Bill Belichick defense, that it's like you're playing left-handed. And he didn't mean that you're running and passing everything to the left side. It means more like with one hand tied behind your back. But you're right. So that's why I'm so fascinated by this Sunday's game. And I'm so excited just from a strategy standpoint because what does Bill identify as the Cowboys' top threat? Is it Tony Pollard and taking away the run game? Mm -hmm. Is it C.D.? Do you double him or uh, do, you, do you take their fantastic young rookie corner and have him travel with CD? Or maybe you have him travel with Brandon and double CD. So uh, that, that's what's going to be really, really fascinating is I think when you play a Bill Belichick team, you learn so much about yourself yep. because so what he's trying to take away is your best strength. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and this is something that they were talking about in the locker room today, Stefan Gilmore, who played five years for Bill Belichick, he, Bill Belichick is the best is at exploiting your weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that young offensive lineman who may have to fill in for um, another game like they did last week in Phoenix? I don't know, but, but what Bill chooses to do how he strategizes and does the matchups is going to tell us so much about what other teams, what one of the great geniuses in NFL mm. history truly thinks about the Cowboys. So good, Christy. Well, let's take our first break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to bella check out some of our key matchups for Sunday's game. Oh, my game gosh. That should be Patriots. two. That's we're going good. with two. Jazz, we're going with two. That's not fair. You're just changing the rules now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, he we'll who see. has the gold make the makes the rules. <laughs> well, we'll be right back. We're going to talk about some key matchups, a little bit more uh, interesting nuggets from the locker room as well. We heard from Tony Pollard. We'll tell you what he had to say about the run. And it would not be Girls Talk, Boys Talk if we didn't talk about the Ezekiel Elliott homecoming game and what we know so far about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get into some key matchups for your Dallas Cowboys week four against the New England Patriots. But first, mark your calendars and get your leader hoisin and stains ready. Frisco Oktoberfest officially returns for their fourth annual celebration on Saturday, October 7th at the Star in Frisco, featuring Bavarian-inspired activities, delicious delicious food and drink, and plenty of great live entertainment as well. Visit thestardistrict.com slash events for more information sounds fun uh at this rate you know what uh, we might have enough uh to to really enjoy Oktoberfest. <laughs> i already made a dollar today in our jar and we're not even a quarter of a way through yeah yeah just one segment a dollar <laughs> per segment that's gonna add up oh, quickly man. all right well let's go a little bit more into locker room talks we did hear from tony pollard today and tony had some really good little nuggets um specifically I loved hearing. I love hearing any of these guys talk about Zeke and and this homecoming, if you will. Um, Jerry Jones talked on the fan this morning, and something that he made note of when uh, he was asked, you know, are you gonna do anything for Zeke? He said, "If I tell you, it'll ruin the surprise. That should tell you enough." And so, um, I think something's in store for for a Zeke homecoming, and you've seen that before with players that ha- have either moved on from football entirely or. Um, Christy, I can't recall another player that well, went to another team. For example, when Tony Romo came back the first time as the a broadcaster and they had a really nice uh, video tribute. Haven't seen Corey Miller, who's our director of presentation out there at the stadium. Usually see him later in the week and so try and find out some info Do there. Some but it, it would be very well deserved. And, and I'm thinking, are you guys thinking that he's going to get a really warm ovation and yes. reception from Cowboys fans? I, I mean, not if he yes. scores a winning touchdown, but against the team. But. Yeah. I mean, I would expect so. I honestly think some people are still going to do the Zeke thing. Yes. Honestly, yes. like when he if he gets the first down or something, I very much so think people are still gonna do it. So a lot of people still love Ezekiel Elliott. Um, it'll be cool to see him, see yeah. him again. And I loved what Mike McCarthy said that he's still a presence. He, he he's still mentioned in the locker room at least once a week. Mm-hmm. That uh, his leadership, that the way that he by example doing all the small things all the dirty work but mainly just his energy and the fun that's something that tony pollard that all the guys have talked about how much fun he brought um to the locker room but he can still serve as an example because it's so fresh for are the players and of course he didn't sign with new england until late 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 in the summer and so when he's uh texting the guys right during training camp and during off season and checking in with the running backs with rico and with tony and with malik they talked during the summer about getting getting messages from Zeke and of course he still lives here uh, in the North Texas area real close to the star and so I'm hoping that he still stays in the area and stays part of the community um, even after his NFL career is done wherever he finishes playing um, because he's like Mike said he's still one of the most popular Cowboys not only um, Mike was talking about inside the locker room of course but um outside as well among fa- among the fan base mm-hmm. oh i thought you were gonna talk oh no 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 no, no. i mean he's gonna have <laughs> okay. to see them this week yeah uh, i mean well let's, yeah, I, let's what, talk what, about what th- this means for the cowboys because what? zeke uh, look here's the thing 
Zeke will get you to that red zone, and Zeke will push for every yard that he gets. Whether he's supposed to get that many yards after catch or after carry, Zeke's going to break tackles. Zeke is physical. He's a hard runner. And, again, he's not somebody to be overlooked by uh, the Cowboys, he, especially no, this He guy. looked good watching the Patriots this yep. week. I mean, he yeah. looks slim, you know, fast. I mean, yeah. he, he was really – Upfield, you know, up to the second level very quickly. He has uh, 34 touches so far this year. Mm -hmm. He he is the backup to Ramondre Stevenson, but he has 28 carries. I believe it's six catches, and so um, he's averaging like 4.4. Yeah, 4.4 yards a carry, and Stevenson's only averaging like 2.8. So yeah, well, uh, yeah. Looking at their looking at some of the things they they like to do. That well, with the Patriots, they do a lot of like inside runs like they're just trying mm -hmm. to they're running up the middle a lot but you'll see you can see that when Zeke comes in they have packages where they're they're trying to get him outside you know outside the numbers bouncing it to the edge so because because he he has been able to capture the edge you know more you know to start the season so I think that's something to definitely keep an eye on it's because we've seen teams attack your edges and attack your as far as the Cowboys we've seen teams kind of trying to attack your edges make your DNs have to tackle or make your corners come up and tackle um, I could definitely see that's something that they mm -hmm. they might do with Ezekiel Elliott just to get him out in space. But the Patriots typically like looking at their film, they 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 run up the middle and they're mm -hmm. physical and they're just going to try to make you beat it. Yeah, you and, beat it. And then um, the the other thing is in terms of. Zeke, he did speak to the New England media, the local media up there today, and he tried to downplay everything. Oh, it's, you know, it's it's just another game. Yeah, anything extra special or, you know, like to prove something to them, you know, after they let you go. Well, you, you do that every, every game, you know, every week uh, in the NFL. He is doing a conference call with um, National and then the, like, Dallas media tomorrow, so it'll be interesting to see if he has anything more to say. But I had a really unique opportunity yesterday to spend about yeah. two and a half hours with Emmett Smith and uh, C.D. Lamb. We had an event, a, a taping in the TV studio just down the hall here at the Star for UPS. It was a really great event, but um, when we were waiting for the cameras to be set up and all that kind of stuff, uh, Emmett was talking about his homecoming. I think a lot of fans, or particularly young fans, who for them the triplets are the old guys and Troy's the guy that's uh, the TV broadcaster, not the one that they remember as the three-time Super Bowl winner. <laughs> yeah. But Emmett did not finish his career with the Cowboys. Emmett played two years with the Cardinals, but that first year that he was in Arizona, he came here and played at Texas Stadium. And yesterday, I, I don't want to say too much about it because this wasn't an interview. This was just people talking. But he, he I think it's okay. He wouldn't mind if I say that he admitted to being very, very, very emotional because you're riding in on the visiting team bus. And it was the first time he'd ever been in a locker room there that was not the home locker room. Mm -hmm. And that he he wept. You know, he was very, yeah. very emotional. And then it didn't go so well in the game because um, uh, some Emmett fans may remember this. Uh, Roy Williams, the Cowboys safety, uh, came across and, and Emmett actually suffered a shoulder injury in that game. I believe it was a Hardest fractured scapula. So, uh, I mean, he, he finished his career, but he, he was saying that, yeah, Zeke's going to be 
emotional coming back. And especially if they do some kind of tribute, which Jerry has indicated that they yeah. will. But if it's when Zeke is on the sideline and looking up, how can you not be yeah. emotional? Yeah. Well, and I think that goes across the board, too, right? When you're seeing your, your brother, your teammate on the other side from you and not next to you like you're used to seeing. And not only that, but... They know it's a game, right? Everybody goes into this knowing it's still a game. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. But to have to hit your former teammate at full speed, full force, and not hold back, you know, because at practice, nobody's hitting and tackling. There's there's limitations Mm-mm. on all of that. You don't actually hit and actually tackle. Otherwise, people would be hurt left and right. There's mm-hmm. limitations for that uh, across the NFL. However, to know that, you know, Micah talked about it today. Micah talked about Zeke today and saying, yeah, you know, we, we always go back and forth and we banter and we say, Zeke always tells me, yeah, you're lucky I'm not there because I would really have you. I really know you. And I think it's just going to be so interesting to see that because this really, especially you're talking generational, this is the first time, you know, millennials like myself who who their quarterback started Tony Romo and then it was, you know, now Dak Prescott, all of that. Zeke Elliott's really that milestone player sure. that you didn't have to, you didn't know you would say bye to, you know, that he wouldn't retire, uh, have a full career with the Cowboys. You didn't know that, right? So it's really the first time you have to see that kind of player make a return um, because Dez, even when Dez left, he never had to make a return to the stadium and, and play against the Cowboys. And so I think it's going to be interesting. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to see. <laughs> how they utilize him because here's the thing Zeke does not have a touchdown yet for the season I just want to put that out there and uh look you play for your teammates you play for your brother you can't tell me they're not going to do anything in their power to get Zeke in the end zone during this game I think I think you're totally right but but the part that you said about Micah and Zeke saying, hey, you never had to go against me. How fun is that going to be when <sighs> Micah comes off the edge or if they send a blitzer or Leighton's coming up the middle and then Zeke has to be, he's so great at picking up the blitzes and stuff like that. Yeah. But there may be a chance for Zeke to deliver some blows uh, this Sunday and not necessarily the other way around when he's carrying the ball or catching the ball. Absolutely. Aisha, let's go to you. I know you were studying some film and some takeaways and how the Cowboys can improve uh from last last sunday and and move forward turn the page officially we heard about the blinking lights but what did you notice when you went back you watched film what are the first points of emphasis to improve specifically against this new england team i mean they're gonna take advantage of your weaknesses so you they should definitely take advantage the cowboys should take advantage of theirs i mean their left guard um cole strange (laughs) he um has a little light in the butt. I'll put it like that. Where he's not a heavy, he's not a heavy uh, left guard. Neither is their center. And um, I think the Cowboys' defense specifically should be able to should be able to um, be disruptive um, in this game, or you know, have some success in stopping the run. Uh, I, as far as the offense goes, I'm really just. I'm just really looking at, I think them running the ball, there should be opportunities there, especially in the screen game. Um, if you watch the Miami, Miami game, Miami really, I mean, they do some crazy stuff anyway, but I think you can really have some success with pre-snap motion and things like that. That's something we haven't seen a whole bunch from mm. Mike McCarthy to start, but that's something that I've seen him do. And uh, yeah, th- I think the, the speed guys, 
the speed guys could be very beneficial against this 3-4 defense that the Patriots run and um, getting these guys out in space because they're, they're, the way that they play defense, there are open spaces and open holes for this run game mm-hmm. to get going. Maybe not just running downhill, but attacking the edges, getting out in space and letting these guys go get some yak yards, even though um, New England tackles pretty well. They really do. Good go. run defense. And what I'm interested in is they, they have a lot of issues at cornerback uh, health-wise through the first few weeks. Now, Christian Gonzalez, who I mentioned, the great rookie uh, who has traveled with the uh, top receivers for the other team. So this past week against the Jets, he followed Garrett Wilson around mm-hmm. against Miami. He had Tyreek Hill. And so this is a really, really fine player. But the first couple weeks playing more zone now against the Jets and Zach Wilson, they blitz the heck out of him, you mm-hmm. know, um, and playing some more man-to-man. It'll be interesting to see, as we talked earlier, what kind of approach they take against the Cowboys because they've done a couple of different things these first few weeks. But again, a lot of that is going to be based on their health situation. They also uh, have a couple of injuries on the, along the defensive line. Mm-hmm. So um, will they have to maybe do some extra reinforcements, uh, you know, to help along that line and maybe commit more resources against the run? But uh, Gonzalez is a good young player, but Matthew Judon, you know, oh, just he's, 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 he's the stud. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and rushing off the edge, they, you know, rush linebacker. And so made a huge play at the end of the Jets game to help seal that. So, yeah, going to be you, you, he's the guy that you got to know where he is. Yeah, that's a, there's a I mean, when you talk about some of the things you should be looking for, we talked about, you know, some of the injuries to the offensive line, not knowing mm-hmm. who's going to be running, who's going to be going. But one of the biggest things with this three, four base is like because they they drop a linebacker and cover sometimes or sometimes that that those two rushers are just pass rushing. You just don't know the communication from the offensive line, especially the mm-hmm. interior is going to have to be good Um when you're playing up against a defense that runs a 3-4 and just the way they do things. And also, too, like, I thank you for mentioning the cornerback injuries because that, that makes sense as to why, like, they give up a lot of free releases at the line of scrimmage. So what that means is that the cornerback is not pressing up against the receiver at, at the line. They're not, you know, in their face. They're not in – I mean, they might be in man, but they're giving a lot of cushion crap ton of cushion to receivers so we'll see if maybe that's something they change up but if if not it's probably because of what Christy just said is the fact that they do have some they have some injuries back there and they're being a little bit more conservative with some of the things that they are doing and maybe that might play into how much they decide to blitz as well. Something I'll be interested in seeing is depending on obviously Tyler Biotish's availability going into the week um, and and how he looks throughout practice. I think Thursday's practice is very telling and and everything from there. But um, if he cannot be available, something that Mike McCarthy, we're talking about accountability again, held himself accountable for was saying these young guys weren't as prepared as they should have been going into the Cardinals game, talking about Brock Hoffman, uh, TJ Bass, and then even uh, Chumay Doga not having enough practice together in the line because, again, you're talking one unit. So to me, what will be interesting is if Tyler Biotish is not available for Sunday's game, which, again, we don't know what that is going to look like yet, how much more practice and prep the younger guys, so Brock Hoffman specifically, can get, and especially the communication factor of this offensive line, and how much they can improve from what you saw with them having very limited preparation. You're talking Tyler Biotish didn't pop up on the injury report until Thursday, mm-hmm. so you're talking you have Friday and Saturday to prepare for Sunday. Two days 
two days of of minimal practice because at that point walk through and walk through you're not getting full-on practices like they do on Wednesday and Thursday so if Biotish is not available to see how Brock Hoffman can look under a full week's work of preparation will be interesting to me yeah. under center. Yeah, yes. and, and left and left tackle Tyron didn't <gasps> land on the list until uh, after Saturday, during Saturday's practice. And yeah. so Chuma Adoga, who, by the way, had missed practice time last week because of the, the aforementioned elbow. elbow injury, now he's out at left tackle, a guy who had been had played the first two games at left guard <laughs> for Tyler yeah. Smith. So a lot of moving parts. They asked Tyler Smith. They asked Tyler. Barnacles, yeah. I'm nope. So, oh. Quarter. Dang it, man. Like, but uh, yeah, they asked Mike Thank McCarthy you. about, you know, if I think it was yesterday or saying, you know, if, if it wasn't so late in the week, could we have maybe seen Tyler at left tackle and Doga at left today. guard? Was, was it, it today, today or was it yesterday? Today. It was today. It all blends together. Yeah, yeah. It all comes together. And so <laughs> I'm I'm looking at that because we've seen Chumi Doga be effective at the left guard position. Obviously, Tyler's played left tackle. It's earlier in the week, so maybe that's something that they worked because early in that game, there was a lot of pressure coming from the left side. So I wonder how that pans out and what they decide to do there. Actually got to talk to Brock Hoffman in the locker room today, and he just was talking to him about the communication, the calls, and everything. And he, just, he feels very confident in his ability um, – he mentioned his, his dad is a football coach or was a football coach, you know, on a high level. So he was just saying that he feels as though he's prepared um, for for whatever they they throw at them. And yeah, I mean, you talk about the red zone efficiency also too. I I I also too, and this could be me. I do think that Mike McCarthy was a bit surprised with not surprised, but those guys play pretty. I don't know that many teams in the NFL that could have three starting off an offensive linemen out and you be able to move the ball between the t- yeah. between the twenties yes. that well. The, yeah. You and had over so, four hundred yards of offense. Yes, and he so he admitted, you know, obviously he admitted that he was somewhat conservative with, you know, throwing the ball deep and some of the decisions they made as far as the quick timing things. I wonder if if since he's seen some good things from this this young offensive line, depending on what happens, mm-hmm. if he decides to. Let them let it rip a little bit, which would be nice um, to go ahead and start threatening so these defenses can stop being so aggressive close to the line. And like last week, we didn't see Deuce Vaughn out there for any offensive plays. We didn't see the package with Cavante. And and I'd like to mention uh, special teams uh, today or tomorrow as well because – New England, mm. a lot of emphasis on that. So that can be a really big part of Sunday's game. Yes, Real quick, uh, we'll get into a little bit more of these matchups. We're going to continue talking about all of this. And we haven't even gotten into red zone, what we heard from the guys in the locker room today talk about that. <laughs> We're going to do that here in our next segment. Stay tuned. This is Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw. And we will be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. 
That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to our final segment of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Join us at the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium on October 7th and 8th for world-class barbecue from pitmasters across the country while enjoying live entertainment and liberations at the QBBQ Fest Dallas. This October, the only thing hotter than the Dallas Cowboys will be the 30,000 pounds of brisket chicken pulled pork and ribs smoking at the miller lighthouse when some of the finest names in barbecue come together at the q barbecue fest tickets are on sale now at seatgeek.com the official ticketing provider of at&t stadium oh that makes me so hungry every, every time we talk about it i'm so hungry right now i could probably eat all thirty thousand no, pounds of that so barbecue good. It does sound barbecue does so sound great. Really I, I, I'm anxious to see what uh, tomorrow because the the Patriots this week every Thursday Chef Andrew and the culinary team here at the Star in Frisco they uh, get together with Scott Sainard, our director of sports performance and with Claire uh, who works with Scott and come up with a menu item that is specific to the upcoming opponent. Mm, so that. for example this time last year I guess it was week two when we played Cincinnati so that Thursday it was Skyline Chili because that's like the mm-hmm. thing that Cincinnati's famous for. And so I wonder if we're going to maybe have some clam chowder tomorrow oh, for Thursday with good. New England coming up. Man, I'm just hungry. Guys, <laughs> we got to change the subject. I'm too hungry for this. Um, okay, you know who else said he was hungry? Mike Parsons. Oh, yeah. He said he was hungry. Uh, and I'm not making that his words, not mine. I mean, I said We did not set too. that up. That, no. That, no. Was that a lion growl? Whoa. Way to go, oh. Jazz. Okay, I love that. Can we add a quarter every time Jazz comes up with something cool? Because that would really be cool. Um, love yeah, that. There you go. Jazzy, give yourself Jazz. a quarter. That was cool. Oh, it's Thank Chris. You. Thank you, Chris. Chris That's or Jazz, you. whoever. Okay. Let's continue on. Let's talk. Jazz, you didn't do your... Ding. I'm waiting. We're waiting for it. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Okay. We're at 150, everybody. Okay. Ladies, let's get into this last segment. Um... Talking in more locker room conversations about the red zone specifically, I know uh, the run defense, obviously a big topic of conversation. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit probably tomorrow. But the red zone efficiency, specifically getting into the end zone uh, and capitalizing in the red zone was a big topic of conversation today in the locker room. Um, I talked to a few guys and and I kind of asked, you know, what's, what's the deal? What's... What is really stopping you guys? And it was explained to me perfectly uh, by someone in the locker room, who I'm not going to name, but he said that when you're in the red zone, every player almost has to play at a perfect, 
perfect game, especially in the red zone, because there's so much margin for error. And if any little slip up happens, then you're you're going to lose yardage on that play because everybody's stuffed up so towards the front trying to keep you from the end zone. He said, what's been going on a little bit is, one, nobody was on the same rhythm. Everyone was playing to the beat of their own drum, essentially, uh, especially on Sunday. He said, two, everybody just has to be ready for whatever is in Dak's control at that point, whether it's first read here, first read here, and people kind of just, it was a second, he said, not turning their head correctly to, to see that or just miscues, misfires, he said, but they've worked at it at practice this week and already and that there's going to be more practice tomorrow on it, which we heard from Mike McCarthy uh, this morning anyways. They feel confident about fixing this issue. It's it's not something I don't think you'll continue to see. And honestly, this game, when you look at it, I think it's red zone versus red zone. That's your that's your goal because keep in mind, the Patriots last season were ranked last in scoring percentage in the red zone. They're ranked seventh this season um, so far. And uh, they have a 71.3 scoring percentage. In 2022 in the red zone, they were ranked last in the NFL, 42.22 scoring percentage. Hence why the Ezekiel Elliott pickup was Mm -hmm. a good choice for them um again zeke hasn't had a touchdown but zeke is going to get you to the red zone no matter what um there so red zone efficiency aisha how do they turn it up a notch against this bill belichick led patriots team what is bill gonna do i mean i think that a big part of it again is um i mean it's like it's the game within the game that's important to me is that there's defenses are playing you in the red zone like they don't think you can score down there with all due respect like the, it's it's kind of they're dropping a lot of guys in coverage and they're daring you to run the ball now granted the Cowboys have tried to run the ball down there but when you got three starting offensive linemen out of there they're not seeing a lot of success doing that so what I'm really looking at is the passing the passing element down there like and I, if I'm not mistaken I don't think a, a Dallas wide receiver has had a t- had a touchdown that's down correct. there that's yeah. correct lay nuts I mean that's yeah. that's 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 crazy man so I mean you mentioned them being on the same page and and everything just being you know timing and things like that I also too just think it's it's important we talked about it yesterday the scramble down there even so so for me I'm like I think that the Cowboys are going to have to show their efficiency down there so defenses can stop playing them as tight as they are in the way they're doing it. And Dak mentioned, like I said, Dak mentioned it, you know, maybe using his legs. But I personally think that they could use their speed guys down there in this game, especially with some of the screen game has been effective in the red zone. Some of getting these guys in space. If you want, if you want to get them to stop, Playing coverage so, playing coverage so tightly back there, make those corners come up and tackle. Make them have to make business decisions. And with that, use your legs. Make them. They're they're in a place to where they the tape that's out there has shown that that they struggle down there and teams are playing them that way. So really moving forward, I'm looking at how they take advantage of the the disrespect. And I know that sounds. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's yeah. the right way to say it, but like, yeah. It, make them pay when they decide to do these things where they don't and and rightfully so I mean I understand so for me I'm looking at the wide receivers possibly the tight ends being more involved down there when you're trying to score down there so we'll see I love what you said about wide receivers because the the one of the key elements 
of that Rico Dowdle, the the running back's touchdown catch in, in Phoenix on Sunday in Glendale, that was Brandon Cooks. Well, he, who he made, made who made block. a great block, great mm-hmm. block on that rookie corner, Keytrell and uh, Clark got him out of the way, and so that was a fantastic play. So that is a great example of the execution that we're talking about. The other uh, words that you both mentioned was timing. So the one where Kaiser White w- intercepted Dak in mm-hmm. the end zone late, late in the game, it was not a bad read. Yeah. It was not a bad route. It was just that late just that late and it allowed and, and Kaiser he's a he's a linebacker so he dropped it was just enough time for him to get back and in that lane make a great play reaching up and grabbing that so if it was just that much more mm-hmm. or, or excuse me that fat that that much faster mm-hmm. then you got the likely the six points there and we're all singing a different tune um, in regards to the red zone efficiency well I also think too when you look at the the Patriots Cowboys we, we talked about it earlier pre-snap motion misdirection that type of stuff this defense can be can be fooled in those ways yeah, so I'm so. looking yeah. oh absolutely yeah. so um Cowboys haven't done a whole bunch like we talked about they have not done a whole bunch of pre-snap motion this would be the game Mm -hmm. to get these guys um, get some of these linebackers and stuff looking one way and going the other way to maybe up some of that efficiency in the red zone as well just take some pressure off take do things to take some pressure off yeah question like the conservative level of play is going to be amplified a little bit during this game to throw them off in that way do you feel like it's it's a conservative play calling approach or what do you feel like it has been up until this point you have you had a chance to see it yet I yeah mean, do you oh. feel like that turns up this game no I think that the conservative play calling gotta 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 go I think that's why why they're struggling down there um, move and that's why they're moving the ball so they move the ball so well you know down there but no no like we talked about it earlier establish the vertical threat that type of stuff like yeah you they got to get this monkey off their back because every week there's film, there's film, there's film. And so I'm looking at them not being conservative when it comes to taking the deep shots, taking the chances um, with the defense like this. And that's going to open up the red zone. That's yeah. going to open up things when you're not playing conservatively. Understand the West Coast system is a methodical take the time, you know, chunk off a clock, everything. But, yeah, but baby, you need chunk plays. You yeah. need chunk plays, otherwise it's not. It's gonna. They're gonna keep putting a cap on it, keep putting a lid on it, mm-hmm. and you gotta make. I'm, I'm looking for them to make, to to make those those big plays in the passing game this yeah. week. And one thing we saw the first couple of weeks, specifically down in the red zone, was we we even saw the personnel grouping where Cavante Turpin and Deuce Vaughn are out there together. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we we didn't see Deuce Vaughn for any offensive plays, and we didn't uh, in week three at Arizona, and we didn't see Turpin lined up in the backfield. And, I, and I'm not saying that you need to trick things up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I agree with Aisha. I think it's going to be more more open and, and more of the different personnel that we saw the first couple weeks. Yeah, there yes. you go. Well, I think that's a good way to end today's episode. Yeah. We have plenty more to talk about for Thursday. Um, ladies, tomorrow we have all things uh, injury report, 
practice report. We'll we'll come at you with what we know from there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Patriots defense specifically, a little bit more Patriots offense, kind mm-hmm. of what threats that they hold that could challenge the Cowboys. We'll get into that tomorrow. And any questions you guys have, please send us our way so we can get to those as well tomorrow. All right, ladies, as always, fun time here on Girls Talk Boys Talk. We made a total of 125 today. Yay, our quarter jar. If we missed anything, (laughs) let us know so we can continue to add to it. Until then, thank you all so, so much for watching. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow, 4 o'clock Central Time on DallasCowboys.com. For Jess, Aisha, and Christy, this has been Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?